Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. And I have reserved my five and a half hour long sermon for my Sunday night folks. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this is what it reads like. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Lord, as we come tonight, we thank you and we praise you for the service tonight. We thank you for those that are here. We pray for those that are not here. Some are sick, some are out of town. We pray for each and every one of them, God, and bless uh, uh, the, uh, the preaching of your word tonight that we may leave here enriched and encouraged from your word. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. God bless you, and you can be seated. <coughs> I want to preach tonight on a subject titled, The Secret to Maintaining a Green Tree in a Dry Land. The Secret to, remain, uh, to Maintaining a Green Tree in a Dry Land. I remember several years ago, we all took a road trip down through uh, New, uh, New Mexico. We went out and drove out as far as, far as Albuquerque, and uh, I believe that is, uh, I may be wrong, but I believe that is uh, Interstate 25 that goes due south out of Albuquerque on down to Truth or Consequences and then keep on going and uh, you, you go to El Paso. And uh, we took a trip out, out there several years ago. And after we left Albuquerque and got down, got down there, I mean, it was just nothing but desert. Uh, just white sand, hot sand everywhere. Nothing but tumbleweed and dead trees were seen for miles. Then out of nowhere, I noticed on my left side, uh, uh, the uh, the Rio Grande River, and all along that river were pretty green trees thriving in the hot, dry, barren land. On the left side of the road, green trees, but on the right side, dead, dry, petrified wood. What was the difference? What was the difference? The secret of the green trees near the riverbank was in the fact that the roots were near a source that all others in the desert did not have, and that was water. Nothing can live without life-giving water. Amen? Amen? Nothing can live. And Jesus had offered us something even better than that. He told the woman at the well that she could have living water which would be like a spring bubbling up into everlasting life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Being out in the desert is no fun. I remember, now I've, I've been everywhere on interstates on the eastern uh, side of the United States when we, tra we traveled for 20 years evangelizing 
uh, from going from place to place, and we have stopped at many uh, road, uh, uh, you know, side uh, rest stops and restrooms right on the interstate. But while we were going down through that desert area uh, down there, and I remember making a stop at a rest stop to go into the restroom, and uh, something I had never seen, nowhere I've ever been. Uh, up to that point that I thought was strange, but they had big signs over the sinks in the restroom, please do not drink this water. It is not good for drinking. Uh, uh, The water there uh, uh, coming from the desert, I guess maybe from a well nearby or something, I don't know, but they said the water was not consumable. When I read that, I didn't care much to wash my hands in it. You know, but um, uh, I, uh, they had those signs in there, hallelujah. And uh, so sometimes, even though uh, there may be water, but the water can be poisonous, amen? And how many knows that the devil's got a lot of things out there that you look like and it may look good, come on. It may look refreshing. It may look that it can quench your thirst, but it's poisonous, it's deadly, and it will do you more harm than good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Just like in the desert in New Mexico, there's a spiritual desert in this world. And I believe this world is headed for some dry times such we have never seen. It's just around the corner. But God has always taken care of his people. And I believe we can uh, possess a green tree even in a dry, spiritual, barren land. Now I may, and I do, I may preach and talk about a whole lot about end time things and about uh, things that the Bible said is coming, but I want you to never mistake me one bit. Uh, amen. Nothing I say from the Word of God, nothing that I say, amen, that's going to come upon this world in the last day is anything that we say to bring fear upon the body of Christ. Uh, because if you're Jesus, uh, if you're a Jesus man, if you're a Jesus woman, you don't have nothing to worry about. You don't have nothing to fear. Hallelujah. Amen. If we belong to Him. Amen. This world is in for some troublesome times. It's in for some dry desert land spiritually. But listen, we can be a green tree in a dry land. We can be prosperous in a dry land. How many remembers what happened to the people of Egypt years ago? when uh, Moses went down, sent by God to uh, free his people. They were all kind of plagues that come on the uh, the people of Egypt. Thank you. All kind of plagues uh, uh, came. But the Israelites lived just a little bit north of the rest of the cities of Egypt in what was known the land of Goshen. And all the plagues that hit Egypt, none of it touched the land of Goshen where God's people was. 
That's something that you need to hold on to and remember that no matter what comes upon this world, God is bringing judgment upon the world but not upon his church because the Bible said that we who are in Christ Jesus are never going to be under condemnation. Read the 8th chapter of, of Romans uh, Paul's letter to Rome. There is therefore no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. I'm telling you, you can be a green tree in a dry land if you believe that. Give God some praise tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory. The time for us to realize and prepare for this that is coming up on the world is now. We need to see what the answer is according to the Word of God. And listen, let me stop and say this right here. There's a lot of people that's, 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 uh, that is seeing that there's going to be bad times in the future. And they get, we got people called survivalists. They're laying up in store, food, water, everything you can imagine. They think they're going to be prepared for when hard times hit. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus says, do lay not up treasures on this earth. Hallelujah. Do not make provisions for the flesh. They're going to find out all those survivalists that think they're preparing to survive this that's coming upon the world on their own, that it's not going to mean nothing when it all hits. We have got the key. Hallelujah. We're going to be taken care of, amen, by God, and God's spiritual hand will be upon us. This is how that we be prepared, folks. Not to build up a big food supply or water supply. Because I'm going to tell you, there's going to be, there's going to be, the Bible says there's going to be strict lawlessness in the world. There's going to be a lawlessness. And when these times hit, stop and think about it. Think about how people are killed right now for just a few bucks. Think about that man lost his life just here not long ago, working in a convenience store because they was just wanting to get his car keys to take his car and took his life and shot him I don't know how many times. Amen. Listen, when things collapse and everything, we begin to see the book of Revelation really unfold, people is going to be traveling the countryside with weapons and people that does have things stir, uh, stored up, they're going to be shot and killed, and what, they're, what they've got is going to be taken away from them. So here's what we've got to do. Not try to make provisions for the flesh, but number one, always place your trust in the Lord. That's what we talked about this morning. We talked a little bit about that this morning. No matter what comes... What happens, we got to always place our trust in God. The foremost secret found in our text is the key factor in surviving the most severe spiritual drought that ever has been. Let's go back to our opening text to Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 and read that again. 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. What is our hope? What are we, what, what are we hoping for? Hallelujah. What is it? Is it our bank account? Well, I can tell you right now, my bank account, Brother Paul, ain't going to take me very far. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. What is our hope? For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat, glory to God, hallelujah, comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. I'm telling you, folks, you can be a green tree in a dry land. It don't matter what happens to the world. It don't matter if the economy collapses tomorrow and everything falls to pieces. If you're a child of God, you got a refuge. Hallelujah. Well, I better be careful. I'm getting ahead of myself now. Glory to God. We got a hope in Jesus. If you want to flourish like a tree planted by the water, all your faith, trust, and hope has to be in Jesus. We can't put it in nothing else. You got to put your faith, your hope, and your trust in Jesus. Not in man, not in anything that man can do. We got to keep it in Jesus. When you put your hope in, in other things, not only will you suffer from the drought, but you will possibly suffer from the judgment of God for not trusting Him. If you put your trust in other things, you're not only going to suffer from the spiritual drought coming, but you possibly could be suffering from some judgment because God is going to bring judgment on people who don't rely on Him. Second Chronicles 25, 14 and 15. Let's read that. Now it was so after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, set them up to be his gods and bowed down before them and burnt incense to them. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah and he went uh, and he sent him a prophet who said to him, why have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your lands? Now, Amaziah was a king, and he was getting ready to lead his army in a battle. God spoke to him and told him what to do. If you go back and read the whole scenario, and he obeyed God. He listened to God. He obeyed God, and he got the victory in battle for obeying God. But had his blessing annulled, because afterward he sought false gods rather than put his trust in the only God, which is Jehovah, my mind. And we sit here today and we say, how in the world can a king who God just as gave them, just gave him the victory, turn right around and take the gods from the people that he destroyed and, 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 and use them to worship them rather than bringing the recognition to God. And we say, how can somebody do that? But we see it in this day all the time. How many times, and I, and I don't mean this to be critical to nobody, 
But how many times do we see people run to the house of God when they get scared because they hear a bad report? So a bad something in their family, maybe a bad uh, a medical report or something, and man, they'll run to the house of God and get the saints of God to pray. Uh, I'll pray over them, and God will bring deliverance. And after they get deliverance, amen, it's not very long to look up, and they're not there no more. I believe I read where Jesus told one person, and everybody likes the words that Jesus says about um, uh, uh, go go in, uh, go on and, and you're healed. But I remember there was one place where Jesus told them, go and sin no more lest the worst thing come upon you. Hallelujah. If you run to God for help and God and God listens to you, and then you forget about him, after that's over, you're walking on dangerous territory. You're walking on dangerous territory. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to be careful. Even after we get a victory in battle, we still got to keep our trust in God and not turn to other things. Can somebody say amen? amen. There's, a, there's another, another thing about being a... Uh, uh, a green tree in a dry land. And that second point is this. Allow God's promise be a refuge. Hallelujah. Allow God's promise be a refuge. A refuge is a place you can go to in times of trouble and need. In other words, a spiritual drought there are many places and things which people take refuge in today, but let's notice what Hebrews tells us. And we're going to go to Hebrews 6, 17 and 19. And this will be the last uh, scripture we'll be going through tonight. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to their heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Think about that. It's impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, glory to God, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Folks, we can, when trouble comes, when the spiritual drought comes, when everything is falling apart, God has made you a promise. Do you hear what I'm saying? God has made you a promise, and that promise can be your refuge. That promise, hallelujah, can be something that you can run to. It can be an anchor, as the Bible says, an anchor. It can be a hope that will be an anchor for your soul. Amen. Before Sister Darlene had that wreck, she sung the song and didn't know really at that time about it, but the anchor holds. Hallelujah. That anchor will hold no matter what situation. Glory to God. God has made us a promise, Brother Paul, and God said it's impossible for him to lie. There is a few things that can ruffle my feathers. Sister Darlene say, oh, but there's very few. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. There are a few things that can ruffle my feathers, and one of them is when somebody lies to me. I was on a school bus Friday, and I was sitting back, and I was, I was watching, and this one kid did something and uh, got something going that got three or four others involved in it. I stepped up, and I walked up to him. I said, come back here to me, young man, sit in this seat right beside me. Why? Uh, and, uh, and I said, because of such and such. I didn't do that. That ruffled my feathers. It pushed my buttons. And I said, I sat there and watched you. Do not lie to me, young man. Hallelujah. I don't like being lied to. Hey, man, that kind of ruffles my feathers. But listen, God can't lie. There might be people in this world who will lie to you. Amen. They might knowingly deceive you. But the Bible said it's impossible for God to lie. And God has made some promises that you can be a green tree even in a dry land. Oh, hallelujah. It don't matter what's going on nowhere else. God will take care of his own and I give him praise. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. There was a famine come during the prophet Elijah's time. Amen. And prophet Elijah went down to a creek. Amen. And he drunk water from the creek, from the brook. And God sent him a raven to bring him food. Amen. Morning and evening. But one day the, the creek ran dry. Amen. And God spoke to him. He said you go to, amen, to Serapath and because I have prepared a widow lady there who will take care of you. Let me tell you something. God has made a promise if the creek goes dry God's got another source for you. Hallelujah. Amen. If your money runs out at the bank, God's going to prepare it. If you get sick in the body and the doctor can't do nothing about it, he's a healer. Can somebody say glory? Hallelujah. The hope we have in Jesus is an anchor that will secure us through the storms of life. The scripture told us that God has given us his promises. And it said, we know that he can't lie. With that knowledge, we can be a green tree in a dry land. Even in times of famine, spiritual or other kinds, we will not cease to bear fruit. Hallelujah. Even in that dry land. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna turn here, but in, in, in the book of Genesis, if you remember the name of a man by the name of Isaac, Isaac, Isaac lived in a land, and you'll find it in Genesis chapter 26. He, uh, the Bible says that there was a famine. And he, had, he was thinking about leaving and going down to Egypt because of the famine. But God spoke to him and says, don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt because, he says, I'm going to bless you right where you're at. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you something. A lot of people today, when they get in trouble, will turn to Egypt for help. How many know that Egypt, 
As Brother, Brother Hale used to make that statement all the time, how many know? Hallelujah. I'm getting older. I guess I'm getting more like him. How many know? <laughs> Glory. How many know that Egypt is a type of the world? Egypt is a type of sin. Folks, don't get mixed up in the world. Don't get mixed up in sin out there for looking for help. You don't have to go to Egypt to get your help. If you obey God, if you trust God, God will provide for you. Hallelujah. And guess what? The Bible said that Isaac sowed in that land and reaped the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Listen, there was a famine. Brother Paul, everybody who planted a bean crop had the bean crop to fail. Everybody who planted corn had the corn to fail. Glory to God. Everybody who put out anything had it to dry up because it was a famine and there was no rain. But in the same land where everybody else's garden was burning up, Isaac had planted and sowed and he reaped a hundredfold. That is the blessing of God. And guess what? He's no respecter person. If he blesses one, he'll bless you because he loves us all the same. We can be a green tree in a dry land. Let's stand together.